Alright, well you see that title? Well, we're going to be picking on poor Clarence Thomas one more time. This is the third episode where I'm dedicating attention to this particular topic. And uh, I've talked about the scandal about Clarence Thomas not reporting the gifts that he received from Mr. Harlan Crow. So, as a public figure and Supreme Court Justice, Thomas is subject to scrutiny and criticism, regardless of his political affiliation or personal relationships. As Washington Post reporter Emma Brown told NPR's Lila Fadell, Thomas has an established pattern that has raised questions about how seriously he views his responsibility to accurately report details of his finances to the public. And I fully agree with her on that. Indeed, Thomas has seemingly been focused, you know, on making money while he's been in office. But at the same time, currently, he actually seems to be keeping a low profile since the the controversial Harlan Crow revelations. And in the past, he has given some less than conciliatory words against liberals that made it to the press, calling into question his objectivity even more. So, you know, he's, he's ducking the uh, public scrutiny. He's not really commenting on it that much that I'm aware of. And, um, you know, he's, he's just not taking responsibility for the uh, accusations or addressing them publicly. We have seen the radical right Supreme Court throw out precedent on controversial issues, such as abortion and affirmative action, and many are concerned they they may act even more favorably to the far right when it comes to things like big money uh, corruption in politics and even things like racial profiling. You know, with when it comes to police and such things, people like Clarence Thomas make a big impact on the country. Just look at what happened after Roe versus Wade was overturned. As one prominent figure noted, this isn't some imagined horror. It is already happening. Just last week, he said at the time, it was reported that a 10-year-old girl was a rape victim and she was forced to have to travel out of state to Indiana to seek to terminate the pregnancy and maybe save her life. So that public figure who commented on that was President Biden, making remarks during the signing of an executive order on abortion access in July of 2022. And I remember the headline after Roe v. Wade was overturned. You know, there was... A headline that said, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas says gay rights contraception rulings should be considered or reconsidered after Roe is overturned. So he made it clear that he's like actually pursuing an agenda, you know, rather than um, just kind of taking the cases as they would naturally unfold. So you have to make make it uh, a point to monitor how these cases are actually reaching the Supreme Court. And sure enough, I think 
there's been some coordination there. Thomas apparently did not see fit for recusal on issues where he no doubt should have, including the topic of immigration. His wife, Ginny Thomas, is actually part of an organization that is explicitly biased against immigrants. So, as I've said before, he should have recused himself in that sort of case. Also, let's not forget the testimony of former subordinate Anita Hill, who accused Thomas of sexual harassment during his nomination hearings. I had important information about an individual who was picked to sit for a lifetime appointment on our country's highest court, Hill said in a more recent piece by NPR, and she continued, it was not just a professional duty as a lawyer, but I believed it was my ethical responsibility to come forward in the best way and the most effective way that I could, and that's what I did. So you also have to wonder how somebody like Clarence Thomas might behave when it comes to any sort of uh, sexual harassment laws that might reach the Supreme Court. You know, when he himself was accused of such a thing, you know, sexual harassment. Thomas is unlikely to recuse himself from practically anything, and I don't expect more than a few terse statements from him regarding his scandals, if that much. You know, it seems like it's assuming a lot to think he would even acknowledge them. Some might say Justice Thomas's activities have no impact on the cases before the court. However, what if a case comes up about someone accused of sexual harassment, like I said? Might he reasonably be expected to sit that one out? While well, one would hope, but I highly doubt it. Again, Harlan Crow acknowledged that he'd extended hospitality to the Thomases over the years, but said that Thomas never asked for any of it, and it was, quote, no different from the hospitality we have extended to our many other dear friends. Oh, isn't that sweet? So again, how many others have been blessed by Harlan Crow's generous gifts? Now there is an interesting question. Am I just going after Clarence because I disagree with him politically? Well, that doesn't help me to like him, if I'm being honest, but I'd like to think it's more out of a general principle. So I'll give you an example of how I would feel regarding even someone that I agree with politically, at least on one issue. So there's a senator named Barbara Mikulski from Maryland who felt that states with medical marijuana laws, quote, need to know they're safe from federal action. And that's a quote from Style Magazine. Now, I agree with that premise, but I also would, at the very least, want to know if perhaps the medical marijuana industry is giving any money to her, maybe to help someone like her have a clearer stance on the issue, wink, wink. You know, cha-ching. I would still think marijuana should be legal. And, uh, you know, I, I, I absolutely would find that to be less scandalous, you know, of, of an issue. Uh, but corruption could still be corruption. And, you know, if anybody is taking money from corporations, I think they should be held accountable for that. You know, all money in politics is bad uh, to some degree. 
I don't want policy to be swayed by whether a politician's paid. Again, that's the very least we can do to at least make possible corruption public knowledge, be left, right, or center. You know, even if nothing's done about it, people should still be aware of it. So I don't think this is just about a grudge against a judge, in this case, Judge Clarence Thomas, because at least for the present time, I just want people out there to learn more about people like, you know, Clarence Thomas and anyone in power like that, and who is supporting them and why, how is it shaping their perspectives, are there any moderating influences on them, are they doing the job they're supposed to be doing, in this case it's supposed to be making decisions in a fair, reasonable, and just manner, which is a little bit harder to do if you're a beneficiary of special interests. Lastly, and this is something maybe I should have brought up before, Thomas is on the Federalist Society, which has what, in my view, is a dumbass view of things. In the context of United States law, originalism is a theory of constitutional interpretation that asserts that all statements in the Constitution must be interpreted based on the original understanding, you know, of the founding fathers and all that. In other words, everything should apparently be filtered through the lens of these long-dead people who happen to be, you know, white property-owning slave owners, uh, which, could, which could quite literally mean society will more likely struggle to change and to evolve if we're sort of changed to these corpses. So not only do we have the aforementioned scandals involving people like Clarence Thomas, but you have someone who either wants us frozen in time or turning back the clock for no other reason other than just it seems right, it feels right, because there truly is not much of an intellectual basis for that theory other than the context of historical analysis and understanding what they actually thought at the time. You know, the the idea that their thoughts should govern all of our actions, it's a bit absurd. It's uh, it's like, um, it, it, it in some ways even violates the premise of the Constitution itself as being a living document that changes with the times, you know? It's not that, uh, not that Clarence Thomas is necessarily afraid of change or that he merely benefits from certain status quo level interpretations, but the Federalist Society is largely about regarding those status quo level interpretations as intellectual and ethical merely because they are linked to the past. You know, the whole traditionalist argument, you know, because something was done one way in the past, it should always be done that way. It's, 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 it's a bit of a naive premise. And uh, I do have to wonder, what, what if we felt that way about every issue? It would obviously be pretty absurd. And especially for people like Clarence Thomas, because, hey, guess what? He's a black dude. So, I mean, if you look at American history, if we were clinging, clinging to beliefs and standards that were just in the past and thought that those ideas were good because they were 
from way back in, you know, the, the origins of the country, well, there would have been no real progress and everything would be basically stuck in amber, like in Jurassic Park, um, you know, stuck in sap or whatever. <laughs> and uh, you'd have a bunch of dinosaur understandings roaming about the world. And hey, what does that sound like? Well, that sounds a lot like the GOP in general. Well, that's practically no less foolhardy than saying, oh, let's scrap literally everything from the past and start over again completely. You know, that too would be sort of a naive extreme. It's like saying, let's stick with the horse-drawn carriage and not try out this horseless carriage thing. You know, these cars and trucks that we've been hearing about. Because people in the past thought horses were better. You know, I mean, sure, they... They, uh... They're nice. People seem to like horses well enough. So, you know, why have anything beyond that? And, uh, well, you know, you know the kind of logic that I'm referring to. What's in the past is not always what is best. And it's lamentable that so-called originalists have such a stranglehold on American society. But, hey, it's apparently allowed Clarence Thomas to ride in Harlan Crow's private jets and super yachts. So what do I know? You know, I'm not a, I'm not in a super yacht or a private jet, so I guess I shouldn't judge. <laughs>